Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 267, recorded live on Saturday, July 28th, 2012. And here are your hosts, the man who most likely knew who Sir Tim Berners-Lee is, Dave Play. Hey! Did you know? Uh, He was on the piano, right? No. No. Who? Okay, Tim Berners-Lee, this is... Anyway, the man who didn't know who Sir Tim Berners-Lee is... Oh, yes, no, okay, I know, yes. Andy Lowe, hi. Mr. I Invented the World Wide Web. Yes. Mr. I Worked for CERN. Right, yes. See, I did remember. (laughs) Did you have to Google it? I remembered it before I finished typing in the name. Right. That's what they all say. Oh, yeah, I knew that as soon as I, you know, started no, to like, hear what I, the answer I, was. Seriously, no. It was before I heard what the answer was, though. I said, oh, right, yes. And then I kept typing. Go back and listen to the audio. It's there. <laughs> Assuming my headset can pick up my keyboard. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. So by, of course, bringing up Tim Berners-Lee, I assume you are talking about the opening ceremonies from last night. Yes. I was also just bringing up the fact that I had no idea who this guy was. Okay. And you do now. I do now. I didn't know he was British. Yeah, it is kind of funny how most of the things internet related. I also didn't know that Daniel Craig was actually British. What? How did you? (laughs) Andy, why would I have known that Daniel Craig is British? Because he played James Bond. So did Sean Connery. Okay, so... So did Roger Moore. I don't know if Roger Moore is British. Do you know if Roger Moore is British? Yes, Roger Moore is Bridget, British. British? British. He is British. Enjoys just relaxing on the Bay Bridge, perhaps? Yes. Okay. And before people write angry emails, Sean Connery is not British, he is English. Or do I have that backwards? England is a part of Britain. So he is British. He's just not English. No. He's Welsh? I thought he was Scottish. Or is he Scottish? He's Welsh or Scottish. No, no. I'm trying to spell Sean like Sean of the Dead. That's not right. The official website of Sir Sean Connery. Scotland. Oh! Score one for me. Okay. In 1989, he was proclaimed as sexiest man alive by People magazine. Yep. He's also the greatest living Scot, according to yeah. multiple people. So, why wasn't he part of the ceremony? He's probably retired. Okay. J.K. Rowling is retired. True. Maybe, may he, hey, maybe he'll be in the closing ceremony. <laughs> Perhaps. So, I mean, okay. the, the Those... closing ceremony of Vancouver had William um, Shatner, Shatner and Michael J. Fox and everybody else. Yep. closing ceremony of the Chinese Olympics had uh, Jackie Chan singing. Those of you who have not yet seen the opening ceremony, is it online anywhere, Andy? Uh, probably not, because NBC has the opening ceremony locked down. Yeah, but I'm wondering if they put it on their own... Olympics website? Yeah. Probably have to uh, verify that you are able to watch... Watch a broadcast network? <laughs> they t- it's NBC. They have to verify that you're able to receive their channels before you can, you know. Right, but they broadcast their channel. Here we go. Watch the Olympics live. Click here and get ready. With a cable, satellite, or telco TV subscription that includes MSNBC and CNBC, you will have access to live streams of every Olympic event. Oh, wow. Yeah, All like right. I told you, NBC. Has it locked hard? Yeah. Oh, oh, watch opening ceremony. James Bond meets the Queen. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's if just, it's you just can, a clip. It's just that clip, right? Yeah. If you can watch the opening ceremony, if you can find some method of going in and finding it, 
do so. It's so worth it. It definitely was not, you know, on the extreme grand scale of... I, I mean, so there were parts of it I really liked. As in? Uh, the, hey, let's take you through a brief history of London and the Industrial Revolution. That, oh yes, that was actually kind of cool. Because I'm sitting there like, okay, so they have this giant field in the middle of the stadium and it's a real what field like real it grass. was on a, it was real sad, uh, sod yeah real sod real animals yep there were 40 sheep i guess just you know doing just what they do eating the grass yep being sheep nice we've already won in a gold medal is it gold silver sorry silver what? we've already won a silver medal in what archery okay good for us yeah so the trend, yeah, the transition from the agricultural London to the industrial revolution London was it's done brilliantly really cool. because it was literally done on the backs of the workers. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, um, the forging of the ring, et cetera, et cetera, and then kind of like the more modernist stuff and the the entrance of the queen. <laughs> God, I know it's and not the queen who, you know... Um, oh, I, I'm pretty sure it was actually, it wasn't even a person. I think that was a dummy. Oh, it's got to be a person, at least, to be able to land outside of the stadium. It has to be somebody uh-huh. there, you know, guarding, guiding the parachute. Could be. But still pretending to have the queen, you know, um, parachute into the Jump Olympics. out of a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> With not just a parachute, but a British flag Union Jack parachute. Yes. A la Spy Who Loved Me. <laughs> yeah. With Daniel Craig, who bond. <laughs> And, and British. poor Daniel Craig. I mean, could you imagine like having to film that and go to Buckingham Palace and and just standing there while the Queen walks right past you? He's a trooper. He's a good actor. <laughs> Although you can see it in his face, and they described it in the commentary later, where there's this moment of, that's the Queen, and I am playing a fictional character, and she's walking right by me. Like, you can see it in his face as she walks by. Mm. I'll have to watch that one closer. Italy got the gold for archery. Those Italian archers, man. Hey, wasn't it, uh... No, wait, that was Barcelona where they launched... They lit the flame with an arrow. The arrow, yeah. What'd you think of, uh... Rowan Atkinson and Chariots of Fire? (laughs) It was so cute. I was reminded, above all, above everything else last night, I was reminded of how much I enjoy British humor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was so funny. Although, I'll tell you, I, I, I was almost going to bet, and I, I would have lost it, so it's good that I didn't. After I saw the whole thing with Daniel Craig and the Queen, and then having Mr. Bean on for Chariots of Fire, I was very surprised that there was no TARDIS. There was uh, the sound of the TARDIS. There was the sound of the TARDIS? Yes. I missed it. During, yeah, it was during the middle of the musical number. Most people did miss it, and somebody else was like, wait, wasn't that the TARDIS? <sighs> Damn. I'll see if I can find the, the clip and link the article. Okay. Yeah, TARDIS sound included in 2012 Olympic opening ceremonies. Good. I guess they didn't watch show favoritism to one doctor over the others. They just threw the sound in. I guess. Or, so. of course, there's still the closing ceremony. That is true. Think about that. You have the you have the TARDIS just sitting in the middle of the stadium, and then you just have <laughs> everybody come out of it. Like Matt Smith and David Tennant and any of the other doctors who are still alive. Heck, have the entire closing ceremony people. Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> Just have it basically as the top of a staircase, but it just looks like the TARDIS is in the middle of the room. Right. What? And then, what? How are all these people coming out of a TARDIS? It's a it's TARDIS. The TARDIS. I mean, they'd lose a lot of the U.S. audience, I think, by doing that. But I don't think they care. Oh God, I 
honestly wish I could have watched the opening ceremonies on BBC. Mm. Also for the fact that um, actually we missed a four minute opening sequence with, uh, oh God, the guy who plays Sherlock, Benedict Cumber- I Cumberbach, that. Cumberbatch. I don't know. I just call him Sherlock because that's a lot easier to say than Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch. But they, he did like a whole like three minute thing before we saw it. Sure but it, yeah, NBC did decided not to play that. Also, NBC skipped the memorial moment to the uh, victims of basically the World Wars and the Seven Seven attack. Um, I saw the World War One memorial moment. Yeah, that was in there, but there was one. Um, there was one for two. Yeah, and most people think for the 52 people who died during the terrorist attacks in London, which NBC um, instead decided to play Ryan Seacrest interviewing um, Michael Phelps. Yeah, I was not pleased with that, actually. Some of the commercials, though, were pretty good. Yes. Especially the, uh, the Chevy commercial. Oh, yeah, where you can return it within 30 to 60 days. Yep. With only 4,000 miles, though, let me just state that. So you can't actually you okay, know, buy a Chevy. Drive across the country, drive back. And then try and turn it in. Yeah, but that said, within 60 days, that's two months. How many miles do you put on in a month, Andy? Let's see. Uh, U.S. average is 15,000 miles a year now. So divide that by 12. You only put about 1.25 thousand. Now, how much do you put on, Andy? Oh, I don't know. I put on about 1,100 miles a month, and that's with driving out to Milwaukee. Yeah, I can see that. That's pretty much average, actually, which is surprising. Yep. So what did you think of the final? Um, the cauldron was actually a brilliant idea. Yes. And I like that it was including all the countries in the sense that they all brought on like one of the leafs. It, it was definitely a slow play, but it was a good one. Yep. Because they were like, why are these petals? Petals, right. Yeah. That's what they were called. It's like, okay, so these kids are carrying these giant petals. What's, everybody got one when they came in. Yep. It was like the movie Clue where everybody got a present. And- <laughs> Except these were not deadly means of, of killing people. No, they were just... So yeah, I no, like, I, I thought it was really well done. I did enjoy it. Yeah. All right, should we take bets on, like, people for the closing ceremony? Hmm. Who would we see in the closing ceremony? Well, we've already said I'd like Sean to Connery. See Sean Connery, John Cleese, Alan Rickman. Cast of Monty Python. Well, yep. minus Chapman, because... The ones were dead? Yeah. <laughs> minus, well, anyone dead. Uh, I'd like to see another Doctor reference. Hmm. I... Mm. Who else would you want to see in the closing ceremony? That is Maybe basically someone from the office. Oh, Having um, Ricky Gervais on. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see is you get all the are all the people who played Bond still alive? Sean Connery's alive. Roger Moore's alive. Timothy Dalton, I think, is alive. Campus You're Brothers not going to get alive. Sean Connery to come in and play Bond. No, just have all of them in a waiting room, and then just have somebody come in and go, uh, "Mr. Bond," and then have everybody in the room go, "Yes." yes. Or just a lot of people just go, Mr. Bond? It's Bond. James Bond. No. Come on, it'd be funny. No. All right. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> so they covered Bond. There was a Mini Cooper. It was an allusion to the tube. Yep. The London tube. Uh, I, I don't know what else you could have them outside of Monty Python being quintessentially British. Um, Robin Hood, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are the British as fond of Robin Hood as we are? I don't know. So you already had Harry Potter. Laura says there's a really good BBC show for Robin Hood. Oh, I, I would believe that. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, wait, he was supposed to show up in the original part, but we didn't see that. Yep. Ah, 
So what do you think Phelps' chances are of getting the three golds he needs to kind of move on? And... Well, since he barely qualified for his first event today. Really? <laughs> yeah. He got eight. bad that I kind of hope he doesn't get it? Because he's kind of a jerk. He's <laughs> a bit of a douche. And he'd just be insufferable. Not that I have to suffer him, but still. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, he, he almost didn't make it, which would have been hilarious. Because everybody, you know, in the evening would have turned in primetime for that. And they're like, uh, Michael Phelps is not playing. Yeah. Oops. Oh, on a side note, um, I don't think most people can pull off berets. No? No. I, I see all the Olympians in their berets. and Why are they all wearing berets? Because that's part of the official U.S. Olympic outfit. Remember that whole thing with Ralph Orland and they were made in China and all that? No. Oh, yeah. That was the one time that the politics could agree on both sides of the aisle. Of we should not use stuff made from outside. Yeah. I just, like, during the opening ceremony, one of the commentators said something about, like, you know, showing uh, Britain's and London's internationality and how open a culture it is and all that. And so, like, Britain is entering one of the most xenophobic phases of their history. Where people are getting deported, even though they have a visa. Yeah. Oh, man. How did we miss Mexico's outfits? Uh, I stopped watching the Parade of Nations. <laughs> yeah, the Parade of Nations, even though it was... So long. And that was the fastest Parade of Nations ever done. Yeah, well, well they chose some good music for it. Yeah, and it they, had, they had upbeat music, and they actually, actually had drummers in the groups to kind of, you know... Keep the pace. Along. Yeah. Nice. So, China's already got three gold medals. Oh, three medals, sorry. Just three medals, not three golds. Two golds and a bronze. Italy has their gold and a silver. Brazil has a gold and a copper. United States has a, a silver. What? It has a copper? Bronze. There you go. Did I say copper? Yes, you said I copper. I looked at the street and I saw copper. I'm like, oh, it's copper. I'm sorry, I've been playing a little bit of D&D lately. Gotcha. You don't have bronze coins in D&D. You have platinum, gold, and copper. Copper. Silver. It looks like a penny on the screen. <laughs> so, yeah, Olympics. Yeah, okay. How long did the games go on for? Uh, 14 days, I do believe. Okay, so we'll talk about it next week, I'm sure. Yes, probably talk about something crazy technology-wise. Yeah. In the meantime, we Let's do talk- have a whole huge list of other stuff to talk about. Yes. Uh, like Facebook, given that they are now public, has to publish their quarterly results. Oh, and they had a net income loss of $157 million. No. No, that's what the financial summary says. Oh, is it? They they had a revenue of $1.18 billion. But all, they, but they spent a lot of it. Yeah, their net income was a loss of $157 million. Oops. Where are you seeing this loss? Net income. Loss. Net income. Oh, hey, sure enough. Yeah. $157 million. Mm-hmm. Oops. So, yeah, they're making money, but... But they're spending it faster than they're making it. Yes. Oops. I love how there are two numbers on there. The one is the generally accepted accounting practices, which is the loss, and then there's the non... non general. <laughs> My guess is these are the normal numbers, and this is what we can spin it to. Yeah. I'm not sure how you change a $157 million loss into a $295 million gain. I'm not sure. I mean, like, which of these is reality? If you look at the generally accepted, the share price lost 
$0.08. Cents. If you look at their numbers, they went up by $0.12. Cents. Okay, excluding share-based compensation and related payroll tax expenses, the net income was $295 million. But you have those expenses. I know, but they're not counting those expenses. <laughs> How do you not count? This is creative accounting. <laughs> Welcome to the world of business. And the stock market. Everything yeah. stock market related is creative. Very creative accounting. Side note, have you seen The Dark Knight Rises yet? No. Okay. Don't you dare ruin it for me. I will say nothing. How is the IMAX? Um, well, I'm going to be reviewing the IMAX experience Okay. as my review. And I will try and stay as much spoiler-free as possible. Good. I will actually ask you questions. I mean, you know, it, it, it's Batman. I'm pretty sure he lives. Probably a lot of other people don't. So, if we talk about Facebook's IPO, we kind of have to talk about Zanga's. Yeah. Zanga's getting creamed. Zanga's stock price right now is at $3. This was after it was like, what, $18? Uh, what was Zanga's high? I don't know. I don't even remember what Zanga's... Z, okay, ZNGA. That's what their yeah. stock ticker is. ZNGA. And in the last... Wow, that was a bad jump from Wednesday to Thursday. Yeah, so last three months it was like ten bucks. Highest the previous year was fifteen ninety one. So the highest they ever were at was almost sixteen dollars, and they're now down to three dollars. Three dollars. Oops. And guess who sold most of those shares? Well, not most of those shares, but a lot of shares. Let's see. CEO Mark Prinkus breached their fidelity duty and broke securities law in selling over five hundred million dollars worth of stock in April. Yep. Uh, COO sold some stock, CFO, Venture Partners, Silver Lake Partners, Union Square Ventures, even Google. Were all Companies tanking. And now they're, um, well, not, they're not officially being investigated yet. They're just unofficially being investigated by five different law firms. Yeah. Whether or not they, um, you know, sold off the stock due to insider information, which is against the law. Yeah. Just, you know, kind of slightly kind of illegal yeah you have a dog no my neighbors do windows okay. open <laughs> i was like that's a dog dave doesn't, dave have doesn't a dog. like dogs i'm no. confused my window is open and their dog is out on the porch gotcha okay probably barking at a ground squirrel or a groundhog no we we don't have groundhogs here we have ground squirrels okay they look like chipmunks but they're not they're tiny and small but the tail is completely different so yeah, the, after the um, Zanga's, you know, dismal quarter numbers, the stock dropped 40%. Yeah. Kind of a whoopsie. Yeah. Well, think about it. Okay, so when Farmville was all over the place back in 2010, there was 80 million players. I still remember that USA Today headline article of... <laughs> More 80, Farmville farmers than actual farmers. Yeah, 80 million people playing Farmville. Now it's down to 18.6 million. Oh, holy crap. Yeah. That company is in deep shit. <laughs> yep. See, this is the problem. I believe we've talked about Zynga's business practices. Well, it doesn't work for the long haul. Well, I mean, their business practice has been copy, 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 take more of the same and spread it out. And, you know, people are going to get tired of it. If you're not innovating, if you're not coming up with new things for people to try, yeah, they're going to leave. <laughs> well, even think about it. Okay, so uh, Cityville had 100 million users at its peak. Castleville only peaked at 50 million. 
they're kind of seeing diminishing returns on this as well. Because people aren't switching to the new ones. Yeah. Oh, poor Zynga. I mean, not really, but, you know. Yeah, it's... I'm not sad to see this. I'm sad if, you know, anybody invested in these things. Sad for the people who are going to end up losing their jobs. Yes. Also sad for that. Also sad that the CEO is probably going to make a fuck ton. Well, welcome to Wall Street. Yeah. Even when they're fired, they make more than me. So, speaking of, you know, casual gaming. Yeah. What's the last casual game you played, Andy? Um, well, Besides Alchemy. Besides Alchemy, but I've been playing Seven Words. Seven Words. Yeah. Not familiar with Seven Words. I was actually planning on reviewing it um, next time I review something. Okay. Besides today. Yeah. So that's the next one on the list. So I've been been playing that on my phone. Okay. But um, PopCap funded a study um, conducted by independent research firm Information Solutions Group. Study analyzed the behavior and play habits of gamers in the U.S. and the U.K. And according to the survey, the top five places people play mobile games. All right. Mm -hmm. Number one. At home on the couch with yeah. 69%. Have you done that? Yes. Okay. Number two? Number two, in a car or on a bus or train, 63%. Have you done that? Yes. Number three? At home laying in bed, 57%. Have you done that? No. I'm trying to remember if I have. Probably. Yes. Wait, you have? Yeah. Right, you know, you get in bed, you're ready to go to sleep, and you aren't quite there. So you I have, pick up the phone and play for a couple of, you know, not hours, but for a little bit. I have books. You want to get sleepy really quickly there. Or, um, <laughs> what? Kate just sent, him, sent me a message saying there are better things to do in bed than yes, play games. Yes, that is true. Yep. Sorry, when that randomly just popped up on my screen, it was a bit of a shocker. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> number four is waiting for an appointment, 55%. Done that? I wish I could have done that. I had to go in for a drug test, and I forgot my phone. Oh, no. They had style magazines and outdoorsman magazines, and that was it. See, at that point, and I, if, I, if I don't have my phone, I usually just put my head back and catnap. I Best just, thing I learned from the CCST, how to catnap. And they did a study. It didn't say it was, a, it was like a 10 or 15-minute nap is the best nap to have. I don't know. I thought it was that. like half an hour. No, no, no. Half an hour is too long. But the, I think other people have said the ideal is to drink a cup of coffee and then take a 20-minute nap. Because then the coffee will kick in by the time you wake up. Yep. Okay. Um, but I was more in line paying attention to the old lady reading um, – oh, what's the second book in the Fifty Shades series? Uh, Fifty, Fifty Shades of Darker or something? I think it is. <laughs> I saw – I didn't actually watch the video, but I saw that there is a video – of Gilbert Gottfried reading from Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, goodness. I think there's videos of almost everybody. Yeah, but Gilbert Gottfried? His... <laughs> the most annoying, grating voice there is? Fifty Shades, yeah, it is Fifty Shades Darker. Oh, I was close then. Okay. I don't know, I'm actually kind of happier that I didn't get it exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a little um, disturbing. So yeah, I was paying attention to the old lady reading that book in the waiting room. Okay. I was also trying to read over her shoulder, just curious to see. Sure. I was bored. <laughs> I didn't have my phone. I okay. didn't care about so style. anyway, anyway, in the, the waiting room is, is another common. What is the last one? Uh, the fifth one is watching television, 41%. Mm, yes, I've done that. I do crossword puzzles while watching the television. That's close enough. Granted, I could do them on my phone, but the New York Times uh, app 
for the Android phone sucks. The one for the iPhone is great. But I guess for they didn't do it for the Android. They did it for the BlackBerry, though. Mm-hmm. Don't understand that part. So um, another odd tidbit is a combined total of 10% of gamers. So this is total. Do mm-hmm. not have either fired up a game while in church or other place of worship, while driving a car, or during a movie. Why would you do it? Like, well, okay, wait, wait, wait. So during a movie, sure, as long as it's not a movie in the movie theater. Hopefully not. But I think that this is movie theaters. <laughs> yes. Which is just dumb. If the movie is that bad, leave. I've only wanted to walk out of one movie. Oh, I've wanted to walk out of a couple. Did you ever see Columbiana? No. Did you ever see League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? No. Don't go see Columbiana, ever. <laughs> Don't go see <laughs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Even though it has Sean Connery, yeah, it's the literally it's the last movie Sean Connery did. And yeah, in my it mind, drove it was him so, out. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad it drove him out of the movie industry. Andy, it's not in your mind. He publicly stated. Oh, he well, said this was so bad and that it was handled so poorly that he was retiring and never doing a movie in Hollywood again. Well, I'm glad Sean Connery and I agree. I was going to try and do a Scottish accent, but then in my mind, it only worked as uh, Bugsy Malone. <laughs> Yeah, see? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, not Scottish at all. Not Scottish. (laughs) No, very much not Scottish. All right, also interesting fact from the study. Almost one out of every ten people in the study claim they have been late or missed an appointment, class, ride, or flight because they were playing a mobile game. Nah, that one I'm pretty sure is no. Mobile game, no. Real game, um, potentially. (laughs) Yes. Very much yes. Mobile game, no. Yeah, I remember, um missing the first meeting of the EMU Curling Club because I was in the middle of a game of uh, Rocket Mania. Rocket Mania? Yeah. Do I remember Rocket Mania? uh, I think it's on Yahoo, and it's sort of like Pipe Dream meets Fireworks. Okay. Yeah. I'll pass. I was in the middle of one of those games, and I didn't realize what time it was. Uh... But yeah, mobile games, no, because it's so easy to just shut off your phone. Yeah. So that's a little interesting study from PopCap. In church. Yeah. Or while driving. 8% claim they've played during class. 9% have played during a sporting event. 6% during a work meeting or conference call. And 4% said they played while at the gym. Now, I could see at the gym because... You get be on, nice. like, the treadmill. Yeah, or um, an elliptical. Or not an elliptical, a uh, stationary bike. Mm-hmm. And just sit there and pedal. And- yep, sit there and pedal and... I don't know if I want to spend $7 on a game, Andy. What game? Final Fantasy, the original. Where are you getting that for $7? On my phone. I don't know. Square Enix released it for Android. No, I'm I'm good. I'm sure you are, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I want it or not. So keeping with the uh, mobile theme. Yes. um, It seems that there's a big problem with near-field communication. Yeah? What's that problem? The fact that it is um, easily hackable. Oh, well, yeah. See, this is what I love during this time, you know, when Black Hat, the security conference is going on, and DEF CON's going on, and all these wonderful stories of how insecure everything is just comes out of the woodwork. Well, I mean, it is. (laughs) So, okay, so there's two things that you could do. One is there is the fact that um, there's actually, like, code vulnerabilities in the NFC program itself. So the the actual NFC part of it has issues. Yeah. But supposedly it's getting fixed. Okay, I believe that. Uh, some of the bugs were fixed in 4.0 and... 
So they're thinking not all of them will work, but there's still some vulnerabilities in 4.0 and 4.1. Okay. But also, um, even if there was no bugs in the NFC code itself, Android Beam allows the other phone to force the handset that he's attacking to open the browser and visit any website he chooses without getting permission from the other phone's owner. What? Yeah. What? Android Beam is on by default. It's enabled by default when you first get the phone. So you'd actually have to shut off Android Beam. Let me go and find that. Well, no, because you need to have NFC turned on. Okay, so you have to have NFC and Android Beam enabled. Well, both of those are enabled by default on your phone. No, mine wasn't. Oh. NFC is turned off. Android Beam is not available. NFC turned off. Okay. I have my phone in front of me. Okay, NFC on the N9 is not on by default. Okay, so maybe not all phones are... Boom, boom, boom. Hello, Woodalizer. God, I keep on forgetting to shut that off. Ah... <laughs> uh... All right, we're disabling those. Okay. By the way, yeah, I love my phone. I like my phone as well, which was your old phone. Yep. Which you also liked. I did. But you had to get something newer. Andy, my screen is the size of your entire phone. Isn't it a little big, you know, to try and use it one-handed? It actually isn't that bad, because the times that you're going to be using it one-handed are very rare. Most of my times are using it one-handed. No, but where you actually need access to the whole screen? Oh, I'm not sure. I can reach about... 80% of the screen, no, more than 80, about 95% of the screen, easily 95, without having to really worry about it. Mm. And if I need more than that, well, for those, like, 4 or 5% of the times, I can bring my other hand in. Gotcha. So, yeah, there seems to be an issue with NFC and such, so... Yeah, well, it's not secure at all. No, no it's not. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Right? It's also not secure? Your hotel room door. Only for certain manufacturers. Let's, let's get that clear. Well, there is a manufacturer whose hotel locks has a data port on the bottom. Yes. The the official, the one company that he was able to do this with is Onity, O-N-I-T-Y. Um, they have 4 million hotel room locks in use. Right. So there's a possibility of 4 million hotel rooms being able to be hacked like this. And, I mean, it's it's stupidity on the part of the company that you leave an open port. Okay, so not only is the open port on there... But um, there is the hotel's site code listed on that port. Like printed on it? Well, not really printed on it, but you can plug it in there. And that is where, that's the access port to write the site code, which is a 32-bit key that identifies the hotel. Okay. When you plug in the microcontroller into the socket, you can actually read this 32-bit key code out of the lock's memory. Yeah. No no authentication. It's just in there. And then you can play that 32-bit code back to the lock and the lock will open. Oops. So it's literally like you can look at a lock and look on the back of the lock. Oh, there's there's the combination. There's the combination for the lock. Let me try it out. Oh, look. It works. It works. Stupidity. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... He's not trying to, you know, cause problems. He's just trying to point out the fact that there are problems. That's the whole point of Black Hat. Yeah. 3D keys, hotel room doors, it's... Yep. So what else we got? I just love the fact that you can open up Master Lock with a beer can. Oh, yeah, if you shimmy the aluminum in. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And just go, yep. there you go. It does take a little work, though, and yeah. practice. But still, nothing is ever really... No, nothing's secure. Yeah. Ever. Ever. How have you not realized this? <laughs> oh, I have realized this. I'm just trying to make sure everybody who's listening also realizes this as well. Yeah. Now, we don't want to make you guys paranoid. Just pay nothing attention. Nothing is secure. Yeah. Isn't that one of the lines of... The Assassin's Creed Creed? Uh, or is it like nothing is forbidden? I do not know. I'll have to look that one up. Yes, but some other time. 
Speaking of hacking and such, yeah, Gameigo. I've never heard of them, but I guess they are a giant German MMO online. Okay. Half a gigabyte of hacked user data from their website was posted online. That is a lot of user data. Including as many as 11 million passwords and 8.2 million email addresses. That is a lot of data. Yeah. It's like, you think like LinkedIn and the Yahoo voice thing, all the stuff that had been going on previously was big. This is... This is huge. Now... Half a gig? Half a gig. Wow. So they, they have more than 8 million usernames also, emails, but granted the passwords are encrypted, which only, you know, mean a little bit of time before people run dictionary attacks against the encrypted passwords to try and figure them out. So that they can work out the encryption method? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's 11 million passwords. Eight po- I'm more concerned. 8.2 email addresses, geez. At what, like a quarter of a cent per email address? You just made some spammers very happy. Mm-hmm. You potentially made a lot of money. Have you ever heard of Pwnedless before this or no? Pwnedless? Yeah. Nope. It's a website which is talked about in the article actually, um, I guess, keeps track of all the um, emails that have been, you know, leaked Released. Out. Yeah. So that you can check your email. Yeah. And see, is it released? It says mine was on there last seen back in 2010, but that's before I have the multiple authentication for my email. Which has come back to bite you a couple times. um, Once, but I found out um, Google actually now has... You remember the the, the little football things for PayPal and the Blizzard authenticator? Yeah, Google has one. Yeah. Yeah. I have that now on my phone. Oh, cool. So now it won't actually bite me in the butt. And there's also ones that you can print out as well and use. So even if you don't have your phone, if you have... Your wallet. You can still put that in. Yeah. Very cool. I might have to look into that. And you don't need an internet connection from your phone for that part? Nope. Oh. The program just runs on its own. I'm guessing at some point we'll have to, you know, reconnect to the internet. Yep. But I've been able to do it when I've had no cell phone service. And it just tells me to type in the code on your phone. Okay, I'm just typing it in. And it works. Yeah, 11 million passwords. Hopefully we'll get one of those fun lists that shows you that the number one password is password or password 12345 or something like that. Those are always fun. So let's see, what else do we got? We have the fact, oh, Google Fiber. Yes, in Kansas. Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas. Also known as Google Kansas. Yeah. For a brief period of time, they did rename the city. But they are officially rolling out their services. How fast is it? Let's see. Let me... Have they posted? Anyone done a speedtest.net? Well, they haven't officially... Um... Oh, they haven't flipped the switch yet? No, but okay. they're doing pre-registration. Okay. So uh, 43 days left to pre-register, and then basically people will pay $10 to pre-register, and then once they have about 40 to 80 people in the same area, what they're calling a quote-unquote fiberhood. Oh, no. That's what they're calling it. No, bad Google. <laughs> they're calling it a fiberhood. No. So yeah, once they get those and they'll figure out where the demand is, that's where they'll start rolling out the fiber. Okay, so plans and pricing. Here we go. You can get the gigabit, um, up to one gigabit upload and download, full channel TV lineup, two-year contract, no data caps, Nexus 7 tablet, TV box, storage box, network box, one terabyte Google Drive, online storage, for $120 a month plus taxes and fees. So that's the gigabit internet plus television. Mm-hmm. There is just the gigabit internet for $70 a month, which gives you the gigabit upload and download. No data caps, one-year contract, network box included, one terabyte Google Drive online, $70 a month. Or you can get the internet for free. What? Just like free? Free internet. Plus the $10 pre-registration fee. 
Well, I'm guessing there's a $300 construction fee. Okay. So if you pay the $300 construction fee one time or 12 months pay, 12 months payments. Internet. 20, yeah, you get free internet for seven years. Up oh to five God. megabits per second, download one megabit per second, upload, no data caps. Free internet. Free internet for seven years. God damn. For $300 is that per month. Let's see, seven years times 12, 70, 84 months, 300 divided by 84 months. That's $3.57 a month. Wow. So yeah, that's the Google Fiber options. I'm kind of surprised that they're saying, hey, yeah, we'll have full TV. Wow. God damn. Time to move to Kansas City. <laughs> you see, that's the problem. It's only in Kansas City. What the hell? <laughs> so, yeah. No, I I was like, oh, Google Fiber's coming out, moving to Kansas City. And then i like, oh, wait, Kansas City, moving back. Yeah, like it's in Kansas City. Oh, that's that's too bad. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Granted, yeah. it, How's the Nexus 7 working into all of this? I see references to it. The Nexus 7 tablet is your remote for the television. Or what? Or controlling the storage box. Do so they yeah, throw it in with the TV? <laughs> yes. Well, not that you, you don't get the, the you don't get the TV. So you don't have an HD TV, but you get the storage box and the TV box and the Nexus and a Nexus 7 tablet as a remote. Uh, like it's almost worth it just for the Nexus 7. <laughs> 120 per month, but with a two-year contract, they waive the fee. Wow. And you spent a lot of time on Ars Technica this week, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Okay. Is that a problem? Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. I'm finding them to be a lot nicer than, you know, Kotaku. Yeah, Uh, Gawker Media in general. So, So Dave, just curious. Yes. How much do you spend a month for internet and TV? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Zero. Is it rolled in? Rent. Ah, okay. I pay just about $1,000 a month for about 1,000 square feet with computer, sewage, internet, uh, TV. Well, not computer. Internet is computer. TV, internet, (laughs) uh, garbage, water, in-unit laundry. I think that's about it. I have to pay for electricity. That's pretty much the only expense I have on top of rent. Mm, just curious, what is what's a gigabit and megabytes? A thousand divided by eight. Okay, so one twenty-eight megabytes a second is a gigabit. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm still liking that. My guess is that free internet's just so they can, you know, lay a groundwork out there and have a base for whoever you know moves in after people move out. Yep, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it how it runs. Find out in forty some odd days when they actually yep. start laying glass fiber. Laying the glass, as it were. Gabe Newell. Yes. Head of Valve. Yes. Was said to be the reason why we talked about last week, Steam and, you know... Linux. Linux. Making games for Linux. Or making games compatible for Linux. Yeah. Well, Newell came and and said why. mm -hmm. Turns out, he hates Windows 8. He has branded it, and I quote, a catastrophe for everyone in the PC space. Now... I'd like to point out, Windows actually has a habit of doing this. Vista? M-E. Oh, God, Vista. M-E. N-T. Like, what happens is they, they do a decent product, they do a crappy product, they do a really good product, they do a really crappy product, they do a really good product. Like, it just keeps swinging back and forth. So what I'm hearing is, if you like a product, wait two cycles, not one, but two. Yeah. And then go in. So, you know, they're going to try Windows 8, and they'll see it fail, and then they'll go back, and they'll improve, and they'll rewrite, and Windows 9 should be fine. Basically, with Microsoft, you want every other cycle. 
right? Yeah. You know, 98 was good. ME was bad. XP was good. Vista was bad. 7 was good. And this is a huge, long interview. I'm glad they didn't link all of it. But he's also predicting that the touchscreen is only going to last 10 years. Yeah. Which we've had computer, mouse, and we could technically say we've had the keyboard since the 1800s. Technically, yes, I suppose. All right, what else do we have? Oh, yeah. What? No, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you said, oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that stupid thing. <laughs> stupid that stupid thing that shattered records and is getting more and more people behind it. Well, now they've got OnLive behind it. Yep. Which this seems to be right up OnLive's alley because OnLive talks about cross-punk platform functionality. So, hey, if they can get an Android box that will play anywhere. I mean, they already have an Android app, I believe. I think so. Yeah, yeah they do. So this is not a huge, like, new set of programming. This is just redoing stuff they already have. They would have been nuts not to do it. Very true. I'm still waiting to see if third-party manufacturers, not manufacturers, uh, third-party developers get in, like major developers. Well, first, this thing needs to actually be built. Yep, there is that, too. I wonder how many Raspberry Pis these guys are going to buy. Is that what they're basing it on? It seems to make sense. I think they're planning on building their own architecture, Andy. Oh, God. Why don't you just buy a Raspberry Pi for $35 and be done with it? Because the Raspberry Pi doesn't have the graphics output that they need. I mean, yeah, it's got an HDMI out, but it doesn't actually, you know, it can't process shit on the fly. There's no No. graphics card attached to it. No, it's able for video playback, but not for... Video rendering. Yeah. Right. But OnLive is behind it. Yeah. Okay, next. Next, what else do we got? Apple has placed a patent for the PlayStation controller. (laughs) Yeah, I saw this and I'm looking at it going... There's already a patent for that. Because I, I look at it and I go, it's a dual, that's a dual shock. Yeah. How are they able to patent? Well, the patent is more how it works with the system, I think. Okay. Still, it's... Yeah. I mean, no, this is... You know, Notch actually put out a, a really good article about patents. And he likened it to this. You have now, you are, are the first person to have ever created a book. All right. Okay. And you show it to your friend. Your friend tries to take it from you and run away and go and say that it's their own. This is called theft. It is yes. bad. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Case two, rather than stealing it from you, you, you lend it to your friend. And then they go to a copy machine and they make a new copy of it and then try and sell that. Okay. This is copyright infringement. Yes. Third scenario. You show it to your friend, they say, hey, that's really cool, and then they go and write their own novel. And you don't want that, so you say, no, I did this first, you can't do that. And this is patent theft. This is like the the patent violations. Okay. And it's bad. If you patent the idea of a book, it's bad for society. I still don't see where you're going with this. That... Apple is being bad. Well, no, but you're, the Notch's description thing, I, don't, I still don't see where that's going. In, well, I'm trying to summarize it from memory. I'd suggest if you'd like, I can try and find it and yes, please. post it. Oh, hey, look, I found it because it's in my history. <laughs> okay, all right, podcast, Notch on patents. All right, it's on the, the list. Go watch okay. it or read it. Don't watch it. It's not a video. Go read it. All right. 
All right, while we finish up quickly, the first fact is the Buckyballs have been banned. Yep. I didn't realize there had actually been a recall put on them by the CPSC a while, like years ago. Really? Saying that they had previously been labeled as suitable for 13 and up, and they decided it should be for 14 and up. 14 and up. Uh, yeah, because there are powerful magnets. Yes, and people tend to nom them. This is why you don't let small children near magnets. No. Especially very powerful magnets that will clink together when they are inside your intestines is not good. No. Woot actually did a test. Oh? Where they bought some pig intestine, they put the magnets in them, and just kind of saw what happened, and it was really bad. I could see that. Yeah. Because they're powerful magnets. When those magnets clink together, you need surgery to get them out. I could see that. So now they're banned. Which... (laughs) You have to be very careful with the surgery because you have to use non-metallic surgical tools or non-magnetic surgical tools. But anyway, yes, Buckyballs are now banned for sale by the CPSC. Hmm. And uh, final bit, Dave, if you were able to buy a PS3 brand new for $150, would you do it? Potentially. That's, That's real close to the price point that I might actually think about it. The thing is... The the you know the new Xbox is coming out next year. Sony Supposedly. will probably announce their new one next year. Supposedly. Granted, this also $150 PS3 is also a supposedly. Supposedly, right. I mean, there's, I don't know. That's a, a really tough call. Yeah. What about you? I don't know. That's, that is a very cheap PS3. There are games of the PS3 that I've been wanting to play, but I don't want to, you know, spend the money on a PS3. Right. I mean, even for for the fact that it would then be a $150 Blu-ray player. Also true. Of decent quality. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you can buy an $80 Blu-ray player, but it's going to be crap. True. Oh, Phelps didn't get his medal. Oh. Oh, well, he's got like six more tries, doesn't he? Something like that. So, those were the topics. Should I go to the random review? Sure. Okay. So, yesterday, I went to Detroit. Dearborn. Deer, well, yeah, okay. Let's, so let's be clear here. You did not go to Detroit. No, I went to Dearborn. To the Henry Ford. And you are the only person I know who has now driven three hours to go watch a movie. Um, it also turns out I didn't actually have to go that far because the Celebration Cinema up in Grand Rapids, which I originally thought was just a digital-only IMAX, yeah. so not a real IMAX. Is a real IMAX. Is a real IMAX. They just only do some of their stuff in digital formats rather uh-huh. than the film because... It's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. So they are actually um, showing The Dark Knight in 70 millimeters. Okay. Which I did not know at the time. But yes, I did drive to Dearborn and back. Turns out also it was a Maker's Fair weekend at oh Henry God. Ford. So the place was packed. Yeah. So that was a bit of a downfall. But um, ticket price was $13, which seems to be on par, you know, for any non-real IMAX. Okay. So I'm glad I the price was not, you know, over the top. The um, concessions were actually cheap. I think it was the large pop and a large popcorn was only $7. Which you think at the movie theater now, a large pop and a large popcorn it's is... like 10 12 bucks. It's another movie. Yeah. Okay. So, um, IMAX Theater, if you guys go see it in the IMAX Theater, try and sit far th- center and farther back than what you normally would for watching a movie. Really? Yes. Because you sit too close, you'd have to actually... Because... The screen is, what, six stories tall? Yeah. You'd have to crane your neck back. 
And so I actually, when I first got in the theater, I sat down and then I stared at the screen for a little bit, like at the very center of the screen. Then I realized I was too close and then moved back a couple of rows and then moved back another couple of rows. So your neck, you know, is not killing you the entire time. Right. I could go see it tonight in IMAX. You could, because your AMC theater plays it's it. It's a real seven. IMAX. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. $15 a ticket. Like I said, I paid 13 <laughs> Let's see if I saw it at the non-real IMAX. Still $13. 30 bucks for the two of us. Let me say that normally when you think of IMAX, you think of like grand scale photos. You think of like helicopter flyovers over the Grand Canyon, that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff, right? You think of like epic things. Yeah. There were some shots in that movie that were the massive epic scenes. But then somehow we also had like, okay, this is guessing, Dave, let me guess. that You would expect Bane and Batman to be fighting at some point in the movie, right? Yes. Okay. Not spoiling at all. I mean, it's in the preview. Yeah. Okay. That fight scene is filmed in IMAX. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you have Batman and Bane in a fist fight, basically. And, like, super ultra high definition. Yeah, in the giant IMAX screen with the giant IMAX sound system with the the sub bass. Oh, God. Literally, like, when Batman is getting punched. You can feel every punch. Yes. Oh, dear. Okay. So it's... It, oh my gosh, you you it, it's sometimes you can tell that something's going to happen because you can start you can see when he switches from the regular film to the IMAX film, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do it all the time that way. So most of the time you can go, okay, something's going to happen because now we're in IMAX. But then also sometimes it's like, oh, this is not an IMAX, or something is an IMAX that you know is not a big epic fight scene or something. Right. But, Don't depend on the switch to no. to tell you whether it's important or not. No. Also, there are no stingers at the end, so you don't have to worry about sitting around. I just did that because um, <laughs> there was a uh, flash thunderstorm that, <laughs> that actually flooded the theater. Oh, no. So I was waiting for everybody to leave, so I didn't have to, you know. Yeah. This um, was yesterday? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that flash thunderstorm kept my friend from uh, flying to Detroit. Yeah, it, it was a lot of rain very quickly. Um, also, I'm glad I drove the Jeep over to Dearborn because the park, the exit to the parking lot was flooded. <laughs> so you had people in like the low two-seater BMWs mm-hmm. just sitting there trying to figure out how they're going to get out of the parking lot. Oh, that's sad. And I'm just sitting in the Jeep. I'm like, four-wheel drive. <laughs> Forward and through. No problem. But I did enjoy it, and I honestly think this is how Nolan wanted you to see the movie was on the IMAX. Okay. There's even a part of the credits that specifically says, like, this film was shot for... Shot and processed entirely on film or something like that. Cool. So he made it very clear, like, this is a film movie. Yeah. And... Well, (laughs) most movies are. Yeah. Most movies now are digitally filmed and digitally processed. Well, Andy, just because it was filmed on film doesn't mean there wasn't any digital processing. Well, yeah, that is true, especially... Believe me, there was digital processing. Very true, yeah. Especially when he said there was going to be no flying bat plane. Yeah. So... I enjoyed it. If yes, it is going to be slightly more expensive ticket wise. Worth to it. Go though. see it in the IMAX. But you 
like I said, you have to find an actual 70 millimeter IMAX theater. Yeah, well, I have one that's two miles down the road, evidently. And there are plenty of websites now online that will list all of the theaters who are showing it in 70 millimeters. So there's actually a website now, I should find the link, that actually lists all the IMAX theaters in the United States and whether or not they are 70 millimeter or digital or both. Updated? Because the last one you gave us was out of date. Um, yeah, I have to go find my history from yesterday to see if I can find it again. Okay. So a recommendation of, of go see it in IMAX. Yes. Go have an IMAX experience. Yes. Okay. Might take you up on that then. And let me just say, you will not have to really watch. You'd have to see the first one, but not the second. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I know. I was a little surprised by that, but. Okay. Yeah. So, random topic. Yes. We'll wrap this up. Rolled ahead of time. Yeah. Do you remember when we used to actually roll? Yes. Do you remember when we used to just hit Wikipedia? Yes. And we somehow stumbled upon Jack Thompson, but not the Jack Thompson. Not the, we were... the other, yeah, the other Jack Thompson. Yeah. Um, where's my sticky note? There it is. Random topic. Would you rather live 100 years in the past or 100 years in the future? So we're talking... Well, let's see, 1912 or 2112. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 19... That, that kind of depends. <laughs> In where in the world are you living? A, where am I living? B, what knowledge do I have? Because <laughs> when did World War One end? Nineteen seventeen ish. Started in nineteen fifteen to seventeen. Yeah, officially began nineteen fourteen and ended with the signing on November eleventh, nineteen eighteen. Yeah, and you know when the it's actually a trick question, Andy. When did World War One end? Nineteen forty-five. What? World War II was a continuation of World War I. Yeah, that is true. We didn't leave the Germans much after World War I. And in fact, at the, the signing of the treaty, was it the Treaty of Paris or the Treaty of Versailles, one or the other? It was somewhere in France. Uh, a, a lot of people were saying, like, this is not the end of the war. This is just putting it off for 30 years. Treaty of Versailles. Thank you. If we're talking World War One, Yeah. They, they said, like, this is not going to be the end. This is just putting it off for 30 years. And lo and behold, 30 years later... Slightly less. Um, I mean, I'd rather not live through the Depression, is the thing. Unless sure. I, you know, if, if I knew enough, I could kind of make the right deals and be in the right places at the right times. But they also the question is, 100 years in the past at our current age would leave us up to, let's say, 1912 plus, let's say, another... 60 years. Well, 50, life expectancy then, so another 50 years. So you would see all the way up to the 1960s. Yeah, that's not... So you'd get to see the post-World War II. Yeah, great. So I get to live through the Cold War. I don't even get to see most of the computer revolution unless no. I bring it on myself. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't take computer science or computer engineering. I don't know how to build a transistor. What are you talking about? The transistors were not... Well, when was transistors? I mean, I suppose I could work on, you know, getting, like, atomic energy in the 30s. See, 1948 was the first, okay. First silicon transistor was 1954. Yeah. And it was built more or less to help with the, the hydrogen bombs. Yeah. Go read the book, Turing's Cathedral. All right. Um, yeah, versus 100 years in the future where the Lord only knows what's going to happen. I mean, look at what's happened to medical science in the last 100 years. True. 100 years in the future, you might not have a body anymore. 
Also true. Of course, we could have also have had the rise of the machines, and you know, it's like this human wasteland. Also, could be you know, unturned backable global warming, something, something, some sort of man-made disaster. Right. I mean, at least we know the conditions of a hundred years ago. Yes. But I, um, this is a tough one. It's the you know, I, I fear think, of the known versus fear of the unknown. Yeah, I, I think given well, I could probably still do pretty well going back in time to the the tens. I mean, you get to watch like the development of flight. Could you imagine helping Henry Ford, Andy? <laughs> um, not really, since he was quite an anti-Semitic person. Well, yeah, so I couldn't help Henry Ford, but you could. True. Or even better, beating him to the punch. Oh. You could have gone and seen the IMAX at the Andy Lowe Museum. <laughs> when was Bertha Benz's drive? Bertha Benz, the wife of Dime, or, um, Carl Benz. Yeah. She married him in 1872. When was the first drive? I mean, imagine what you could do. We know a, a fair amount of modern science and, like, practical science. Yeah. Think about what you could do with radio in the tens. You could start radio. Well, not really started because Titanic was already still going down. They had just started using Morse code at the time. But, yeah, you could you could be right around for the birth of most forms of telecommunication. You could be there for man landing on the moon if you push yourself long enough. Well, I mean, hell, if you speed up technology and say, like, hey, see that scientist? His name is Werner von Braun. He's working with the Germans. You want him now. <laughs> Pay him. The fact, though, is you don't want to upset the end of World War II too badly, though, because the Russians got to the German scientists first. Yeah. And look what happened to the German space program. They had all the big thinkers. They didn't have any of the engineers. Well, so we've got the American engineers, and we have the German scientists. You could oh, speak wait, 1912, isn't that prior to the, the October Revolution? Probably. You could stop the formation of the Soviet Union. <laughs> found the FBI and the CIA. October Revolution was 1917, yeah. But then you'd have to get over to Europe. I don't know. I mean, there's... Well, that's easy. You talk to these two guys who live in Ohio about their machine that can get off the ground. Ah. You guys are building bicycles? What the hell? Like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Look at this, guys. Look at this. <laughs> Hold your hand out and move it real fast. What happens? Here, I built this model wind tunnel and this little plane thingy. <laughs> It's a brilliant idea. Just run with it. Trust me on this one. You'll go down in history. <laughs> then, yeah, 100 years in the future, who knows what could be going on. Um, Kate also says that she likes wearing pants and would not be going to the past. Oh, that's true. Yeah, well, if, we were, if we were female... Suck, you could, yeah, it would really suck for you. Yeah. Voting, birth control, <laughs> not going to college for an MRS. Yep. God, I would, yeah, I'm glad we're not women... <laughs> My wife is also glad I am not a woman as well. That's fine. Your wife actually sent me a message the other day saying that sometimes she's glad she didn't kill you on your honeymoon either. Oh, yeah, that email. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that, too. I don't know exactly when that was, but I'll find that out. Yeah, that, that was an amusing email to me. <laughs> so, all right, Dave, moment of decision. Past or future? Future. I'm, I might have just have to say past fear of the the, un, the known versus the unknown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and we'll be 200 years apart, Andy. It's been fun knowing you. <laughs> yeah, good luck doing the podcast 200 years apart. That wouldn't work. I'll just record my half of it and bury it somewhere. I'll respond to it 100 years in the future. 
don't think that will work all that well. Out of curiosity, you're going yeah. to be recording it on what again? Like wax tubes? Yep, wax cylinders. Okay, just making sure. A will sound exactly... I could record our intro and not have... Oh, wait, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think you actually run into copyright violation at that point. No, copyright violation starts in 1927. Oh, God, Andy, you could rewrite the copyright laws. Oh, see? This is what I'm telling you. Go do it. <laughs> All right. I'll do it after, you know, I work on this episode. Okay. All right, well, I think that's it. Yep, that's been fun. Thank you, everyone. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>